I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Do I stutter, bitch? What's the matter, kid? Don't you like clowns? Why? Don't we make you laugh? Aren't we fucking funny? Hi, and welcome to Show Me The Podcast. I am your host, Lorraine, and I am usually joined by my co-host, Harry, but she isn't available for the month of February, well, towards the end, because as you all know, she bought a house and is busy doing it up, and I don't think she knows where her mic is. She hasn't fully unpacked yet. So for this occasion, I actually have a special guest who is going to help me do the episode, so I'm not on my own, and that is my lovely husband, Dev. Hello, everyone. Um, if you listen to the Witcher episode and the Thor Ragnarok episode, he made an appearance in those two. But as uh, Harry can't be here, I have taken the opportunity to do an episode on someone I know she wouldn't touch with a 10-foot barge pole, and that is Rob Zombie. So we are going to talk about the Devil's Rejects. Uh, Dev is a fan of Zombie like me, so it seemed like the perfect opportunity to uh, get my little fix. But before we get into that, how are you, Dev? I am very well, thank you, Lorraine. And uh, for those of you that uh, that aren't familiar with me from the other episodes, uh, Lorraine and I are chalk and cheese in many ways. Like me and Harry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so our tastes are really different. But I think on this film, we both agree um, how we feel in, in ways about it. Um, but I'll be interested to see what you think uh, compared to me anyway. Yeah, cool. That's good. I'm good. Thanks for asking. Um <laughs> <laughs> But um, what me and Harry would usually do with a guest is we'd ask him something in particular. But because Dev has also, uh, uh, done his top five, which we did in Thor Ragnarok. And then in the last episode, we asked him what his favorite film was of the year, I think it was, and TV show. I'm going to just ask you, what have you watched lately or probably played lately? Because Dev's a gamer. Um, a number of things, actually. I've been having a little bit of a binge on these indie short films um, on this channel on YouTube called Omeletto. <coughs> and um, they have been mixed, but some of them have been really good. Uh, some of them have been straight rip-offs of other things. But uh, I recommend them if you're looking for sort of bite-sized, um, interesting short films. Um, check out Omeletto on YouTube and, uh, and flick through some of the stuff on there. Cool. Have you been playing anything interesting? Red Dead Redemption? No, is that what you're playing? Yeah, yeah, I've been playing Red Dead Redemption and uh, some free-to-play stuff as well. World of Warships, which is my crack at the moment. And um, mixing it up with some Sea of Thieves as well with the lads. Um, Why don't know. you give a shout-out to the Warhammer stuff thing? Oh, yeah. So a big one. Uh, Death of Hope will be... <coughs> so this one guy, Mark Louis Spark, he's a one-man band making this... Uh, Warhammer fan film totally not sponsored or, or funded at all by them and he has promised to release I think about 15 minutes of footage this month back end of the month so if you are a Warhammer fan um, then you definitely need to check out the Death of Hope and we've also seen teasers for the new Angels of Death uh, which is a Warhammer um, collaborated project with the guy um, Oh, what's his name? It's gone now. But he did the Hell's Reach series, which is a 12-episode uh, YouTube series on the Hell's Reach book. Cool. I mean, I don't know anything about what you're talking about, but the stuff you showed me, it, I was surprised that it was just one bloke. I myself has been continuing watching The Outsider, which is really good. It's really dark um, and really confusing. 
Um, I also watched a really interesting documentary on someone that I'm not really into, and that was one on Taylor Swift. It was called Miss um, Americana. And I've seen this kind of going around Twitter that a few people have said that, you know, they weren't really big fans, but after watching this, they have such respect for her. The girl got put through shit, and they show that whole Kanye West thing. I didn't realise she was only 17, the dick move that he did to her. But yeah, so that's a really interesting one. And as you all know, I love my true crime, but I'm not going to talk about that today. I'm going to talk about uh, another thing I love, and that's sharks. So I watched a documentary on sharks. <laughs> what? You're loving your sharks. You're, it, if it's not killing people, it's not your thing, is it? Sharks, uh, crime, all that stuff. That You just like <laughs> watching people get absolutely brutalized, don't you? Well, I have to admit, this was called Killer Sharks, um, The Attack of Black. I think this was on, um, I think I got this off Now TV. And it's about this thing that was in South Africa. It was years ago. I think it was back in the 50s or something. And um, this shark was basically going around attacking people. But it was basically the film Jaws because it had like this mayor who didn't want to shut down the beach. Um, people still went into the water knowing it was happening you know what i mean and it was like basically a thing adjust it was really interesting but the thing about this was obviously they were doing um you know a re re reenaction type thing and um it was really brutal did they kill the shark by blowing it up with a gas canister they tried <laughs> <laughs> they started blowing up the ocean but yeah but um but i was surprised at how low they can come in oh yeah yeah well, sure, they only need a few feet, don't they? Yeah. So, yeah. So, I've been kind of watching a few documentaries um, and I haven't really watched any films because I suppose we only did The uh, the Witcher a couple of weeks ago, so there's not really been uh, much time. Well, speak for yourself. Oh. I've been watching loads of Frozen and Aladdin <laughs> and loads of other Disney films with my daughter, our daughter, and uh, so I'm, I'm filmed up to the nines. Filmed with... up to the nines. Yeah, I suppose I've been watching those and Peppa Pig and stuff, but you know. <laughs> Maybe we're doing an episode we're doing on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really love this one episode, you know, this sort <laughs> no, of mise-en-scene yeah. with, uh, with, you know, where they really, they put the yoga mats in the corner, um, you know, when they didn't, didn't normally. It was just great. No, just no, no. So, I haven't said that. Usually I would do some movie news, but I'm not doing this this week, um, mainly because I completely <laughs> forgot about it. I've only just remembered. You love reading, though. That's I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But, you know, Harry's not here to tell me off. So um, I can just go straight on into the main part, which is Rob Zombie's The Devil Rejects. The Devil's Rejects. Um, but for those who don't know who Rob Zombie is, um, he was born Robert Bartley Cummins on January 12th, 1964 in Massachusetts. And he is also an American. Well, he's American, obviously, but he's a musician, singer, songwriter. So... Um, and a filmmaker but we we do like his music as well um he tends to tour sometimes with marilyn manson so you might have seen him with that um he was also the founding member of a successful heavy metal band called white zombie which he named after the 1932 bella lugosi horror film um and he has also gone on to have a successful um solo career in music and do you want to say something white zombie was awesome back in the day i remember white zombie like being a big deal they were huge mm. This was back in like, you know, sort of late 90s, early 2000s when, uh, you know, you still had good music on MTV. But they didn't really stay together long, did they? Apparently it was quite a short lived. No, no, no. I mean, uh, when The Matrix came out, they were they ran a couple of his songs or at least Dracula um, was from his, you know, when he yeah. went big solo. Yeah. And that was when um, when, you know, White Zombie basically became a thing of the past. And when, when did The Matrix come out? I think it was 1999. Yeah, there you go. 
So it was then. Yeah, because yeah. they are. He is in. Um, he is in the Matrix. Yeah. Um, but apart from his music career, he has established himself as a very successful film director, and he's created horror movies, uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, the 2007 remake of Halloween, and also a sequel, Lords of Salem, 31, Three from Hell, and he directed a lot of his own uh, movies, sorry, his music videos, Live and Dead Girl, Super Beast, and uh, he also worked on many departments in the film industry. I didn't know this uh, actor, director, writer, producer as money, and there was quite a lot more. And like some big actors, you know, like your Tim Burton's and stuff, and he tends to work with the same actors um, in his movies. You've got Sid Haig, uh, Matthew McGorry, Bill Moseley, William Forsyth, and of course his wife, um, Sherry Moon Zombie. And all these appear in, you know, various films that he's done. Um, and they also are all in the film that we're going to discuss tonight, which is The Devil's Rejects. What police have uncovered reads like this. Words can't describe it. We here, we are playing on a level that most will never see. You're going to start the killing. You best start it right here. give a little uh, um, bit about The Devil's Rejects? Yeah, absolutely. So The Devil's Rejects came out in 2005 and it's a it's the second film in the Firefly series and is sequel to The House of a Thousand Corpses which came out two years before it in 2003 and the third installment to the trilogy is Three from Hell which came out just last year and just to give you a heads up there will be spoilers. There is a raid on the home of the Firefly family, that's how the film opens, where Otis, played by Bill Moseley, his sister Baby, played by Sherry Moon Zombie, managed to escape. Uh, their plan is to reunite with their father, Captain Spaulding, who is played by the late Sid Haig, at a motel where they take over the room of two couples and torture, molest, and murder them. The three leave chaos in their path while a vengeful sheriff known as Waddell, played <laughs> <laughs> played by William Forsyth, goes rogue in hunting them down. I have to also mention that Mother Firefly is played by Leslie Easterbrook, who you may know as Lieutenant Callahan from Police Academy. I couldn't believe that. When I was um, watching it, the whole time I was looking and I was like, I know her face, I know her face. Um, and yeah, so it was her. It was because I think Police Academy first came out in the 80s. So yeah, so that would have been quite a... On. but yeah yes it's quite uh i was quite surprised actually that she was in it um so firstly what do you think of this film i love devil's rejects it because i'm not much of a horror guy lorraine loves horror films as you probably know but uh, i'm not massively into them and uh, devil's rejects is a huge exception for me on that and actually house of a thousand Cor uh, corpses the uh, the first film um, didn't really get me in the way that this did but i really love the anti-hero story that goes on with this these people are so messed up but they're really charismatic and you like them and uh, you find yourself rooting for them uh, despite all of that and not in the way that a usual anti-hero i mean these people are oh, despicable they are absolutely your worst 
fucking nightmare and you know it, it's kind of one of those things where i i actually don't know why i watch these films because they are ones that i find extremely terrifying they're so messed up and i feel like they do represent something that could actually happen and maybe has like in the world of serial killers uh, yeah yeah in that context possibly i think it would yeah, be a rare it, thing i don't think it's an everyday joe i don't think your man down the street's doing it but yeah it's just I've, i it felt very real to me even though it was beyond twisted I, I did it did feel very real well, i think that in part is down to the fact that they really captured the atmosphere of that sort of bumfuck nowhere um in sort of middle america sort of feel to it um that dusty quiet sort of sticky heat. no one can hear you scream type thing yeah exactly and <coughs> uh, you, you can just sort of imagine that these are to nowhere towns exist where uh you know things just happen and uh, and people get away with it for ages uh, before weird vigilante policemen jesus freaks go uh, uh go chasing after them but it's it's like you with a lot of horror films i find like if they're in a remote place like that like with the texas chainsaw massacre or hills of eyes wrong turn it does give you that element of fear because like if you're in a city you almost feel like okay there's a chance here there's a chance whereas when it's out there in the sticks it's like as well these people have lived here probably all their lives so they know it like the back of their hand and they may have set little traps and all that kind of stuff whereas you know you're running into the unknown and even especially like with this film like and like say with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre like even though like they run to like the diner I think is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and they are part of the family or when in the House of a Thousand Corpses when she runs away and jumps in the back of someone's car because she thinks she's being uh, rescued. rescued it's fucking Spalding like do you know what I mean hmm. so it's just it's a bit incestuous isn't it in a sense that everyone kind of knows everyone and you don't know who you can trust and who you can't trust because in the text chainsaw massacre the the sheriff was actually part of that he used to he brought them back as well oh yeah yeah exactly yeah. so like you know you think you could trust them whereas in the city you feel like there's more of a chance if you run into a diner and there's 50 people in there they're not all going to be part of it you'll be all right yeah you'll be all right help is near at hand yeah and you know i feel like if you watch this film there are you know it has got an element of the texas chainsaw massacre to it that whole family thing well and the whole way it's shot as well i think is a big throwback to those mm. um that whole like era of horror film the, the weird sort of freeze frame shots mm. and uh oh yeah yeah they do that. love them don't so they? it's it's definitely got a big homage to that era of horror films it's not meant to be a current um, modern horror film i think it's it's definitely uh, oh, living yeah. that golden age i do i think one of his things he's kind of reminds me a little bit of tarantino although i don't think tarantino goes quite as bad but i feel like zombie has no boundaries he, there is no line well yeah i mean when corpse rape is on the table i mean where where else can you go from there <laughs> <laughs> no but it's just like um you know with uh, tarantino like i've watched some of his films and like i'm truly horrified and i don't want to watch him again but i feel like with him like he with horror films you usually get that little slight sweet relief of the somebody escaping like with wrong turn texas chainsaw massacre somebody gets away there's always someone who survives whereas with his films nobody fucking does and you have like like in uh corpse thousand corpses and um devil's reject there's a woman in both that nearly get away but they never do so you you never feel like they're going to be captured for what they do no one's going to get to tell the story all right so i got a question for you okay at the motel scene 
where she gets off the door and runs out. Mm. Did you want her to be saved? Yes. I didn't. Why? Yeah, and that's the thing. Because I wanted the, I wanted the, look what happened. I can tell you about these people. Yes, you you wanted them to be caught. Not necessarily be caught. I mean, obviously I do want them to be caught, but I want someone to be able to, because like there's, there's no one to tell the story in detail. Do you know what I mean? Because they were a victim of what happened. Like, I know there's some people, like, when you go into Devil's Rejects and they go underground, there are people alive, but they don't ever tell the story. You know what I mean? You never really get a sense from the victim's point of view of what's happened. It's all just what they've done. Yeah, I think they do a good job of showing you what's happened. And for me, because of the way they shoot it, where they're kind of funny and fucked up and, and quite charismatic, and Bill's, Bill Mosley's character, Otis, is... I, think I found we- him strangely attractive. Yeah, Lorraine confessed that to me earlier, so now I'm gonna, I'm gonna sort of try out some new things no. in the bedroom. No. <laughs> but um, I am the devil, and I do the devil's work. Uh, That's from Charles Manson. Well, who says it can't be <laughs> from? Manson. Was it Charles? It was definitely from the Manson family. Yeah, Charles Manson. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, the where was Manson. I? Go- oh yes. So my point here was uh, they're very charismatic characters. And I think that the uh, what would normally can be considered the protagonists, you know, the innocent people, the the cops on them, are really dicks, and you know, they're they're shown off as real pussies and uh, and softies and everything, and you kind of are made to feel as though they deserve their fate. I think Who, the this. victims, yeah. Why? How would how how are they pussies in that situation? You've been captured. You're hanging from a bloody you know meat hook or you're locked up you know what's a, what's a oh, pussy about no, that no exactly that's that's my point is i don't think i'd be any better off uh in that <laughs> i'd situ- get out of that situation i no shed my pants and then you'd be you'd be there um i'd know how to handle it because i've watched enough of these films to get out of it yeah make me your fucking whore <laughs> that's what you'd be like same same as uh as your one anyways Ew. The, the point here is that I think they do a really good job of taking these really awful people and turn them into charismatic characters that you're rooting for when you're kind of hoping that the victims, you know, don't make it out. That was my particular feeling anyway, because I really wanted them to, you know, succeed in their messed upness. No, I, I know what you mean. I do get what you mean. I mean, I, I wanted someone to get away, but I I know it's a strange one. You feel like um, like you, you, you shouldn't like these people because they really are they're so messed up yeah well like it's just i think it's all about the the, the innocent people the good guys all yeah. of them um, and how they add these little things about them being shit like um what's his name sullivan um the the guy from the band you know when um baby uh um, is coming on to comes him. on to him and he's and like he well my wife's in that room but how about and then you know <laughs> so you know they're yeah, but he okay he doesn't deserve to die for being an asshole no, of course not. And then, you know, he's just clearly kind of stupid and stuff. They're not traits that you should kill someone over. I'm mm-hmm. going to just make that clear. You talk about me. But they're not charismatic, interesting characters no. and they feel disposable. And so I think the film kind of does a good job of not making you feel bad for them. Yeah. And the cop is like, okay, maybe he's a good guy. His brother got killed by these people naturally. He's going to be angry about that. And that's justifiable. But, but he's I don't also... feel sorry. I don't feel sorry for what he does to them, the cop, the sheriff, when he gets them. 
No, I don't feel sorry for them. That that's also interesting. But um but you certainly feel like he's a dick and you hope that he gets his you know, that it he comes back a, on him. He is a dick well it does, doesn't it? But he is a mm. he is a complete and utter asshole and he does go a bit really off plan. Um <laughs> off plan. Murdering people when you're supposed to be a cop and torturing them and no, stuff. No, but like like first of all they killed his brother. But second of all, like they you know, not that I'm saying walking around and just shooting someone is, is acceptable, but they did the worst things they could do to these people. Like oh, yeah. it wasn't, you know, like just like I said, a clean shot. It was like I'm gonna make this death as painful as I possibly can for you. I'm going to torture you, I'm going to rape you, I'm going to just do all sorts to you, you know? And I think when they, you know, were nailing him into the chair, very uh Christ like, um you know, I, I I wasn't sad, but what I did find interesting was the fact that how unbelievably evil they were towards humans in general. They had no regard for them whatsoever, but yet with each other, they were like, "Don't you know?" Because when they he was going for a baby, they were like, "Don't hurt her, do it to me instead." And I'm just like, "God!" But they were really in pain. You could see that not not just physical pain, but in mental pain. They just didn't want each other to be hurt. Yeah, you know? which I think is reasonable. I mean, just because you're an asshole and like killing people doesn't mean that you also are no i know but feelings. it's it's yeah but it's it's think about their feelings lorraine oh, God, sorry yeah. i'm being condescending here yeah, I know on, you are, on you purpose <laughs> um but yeah no i just i think the scene where he was torturing them the three of them because he the the sheriff captures the three of them brings them back to their house and basically um ties them all up and starts torturing them you know the way they were tortured they mm. tortured people and i think um like yeah like i said i didn't feel bad and i think one of the things was like captain spalding i don't know if if you haven't if you don't know what captain spalding looks like google him he's a clown but he's one of the most disgusting looking clowns i've ever seen in my life and there's this dream scene in it where he's having sex with this woman it's a consensual dream scene he's not raping her and um he's got these black bits in his teeth and it's just i i swear to god i was just like i thought i was going to vomit it he's just the most disgusting character i think i've ever come across what's the matter don't you like clowns <laughs> aren't we fucking funny uh, he's, he's he is he's a, he plays the role so bloody well but he's just like oh he's just disgusting yeah he's so fucking vile no i love his character though you don't have a reason why you hate clowns i'm gonna come back here kill your whole fucking family <laughs> oh he says that to a little boy as he's knocked out his mother and stealing their car <laughs> i know it's just great no i find them really fun um, but circling back to what we were talking about um yes you don't feel bad for for the firefly family but i resent that cop so bad for his hypocrisy his self-righteousness and everything and i felt wonderful when tiny came up and did his thing were you rooting for him or were you hoping that baby would be get granted reprieve from being strangled no i actually have to admit i i wasn't hoping that, she, that did she, you hope he'd kill her or did you hope that something would happen and he'd stop killing her i think i didn't no i wanted them all to die i wanted them all to die but i i you felt, wanted the cop to win yeah <sighs> yeah no no don't get me wrong this cop is like but like i could you know i don't agree with you know violence in any form and i don't agree with you know cops using violence to get what they want 
But having said that, I'm not going to lose any sleep over that happening because I think I think if you do something that despicable to to people and you've been doing it for years and there's not an inkling of any sort of remorse, then I'm not going to lose any sleep over, you know, you basically getting the same back. Like I would have equally been happy if they got caught and got thrown in jail. I mean, it wouldn't have been as exciting, but you know, I mean, in real life, like I don't need for that to happen. I don't need the violence. I'm not one of these people that goes, you know, oh, he did this, so fucking string him up by the balls. But if that happened, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Yeah, I should point out at this this juncture that I am not a fan of serial killers and murdering. <laughs> but, but uh, and in fact, that my my normal morality would fall somewhat in line with what Lorraine's talking about here. But you just but, love the characters. But in, yeah, but I love the characters. So in this sense, I'm kind of ignoring everything they've done and just I like them. And so I want them to to win. Yeah, for this, I, like I know what you're saying. You're saying for the purpose of the film. Yes. But had okay, let me put it this way. I'm along for the if, ride. If the those three people existed in real life and you found out that's what happened to them, would you be like, Oh give them the chair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, yeah. But they did get you, the chair. <laughs> you, you would feel absolutely nothing. No, yeah. You'd say those are horrible yeah. people and they deserve everything they get. Yeah. And you you know, if if some vigilante justice befell them, assuming that there was some um, proof that it was indeed them then i would not yeah, feel an ounce yeah. of remorse. i think if you're gonna if that happens you it has to be the right people because it doesn't always work that way but that's a whole new that's a different debate but as well like i said that he killed his brother and you you know we all would like to think we would act a certain way if something that awful happened but you just don't know how you'd react in that situation you know you might not capture the people and put nails in their hands and set them on fire but you know <laughs> Yeah, maybe you'd, you'd say some harsh words. <laughs> now you. <laughs> Why did you do that for? That was naughty. That, that was naughty. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I'd, I'd have a few more harsher words than that. But no, I did. I, I know what you're saying, but I, I was glad that they got what happened to them. I think they deserved it. But I didn't... I. It's a it's a tough one. I wanted them to be caught and all that kind of shit, but at the same time, like you said, they're just such three really interesting characters. And when I heard that they made a new movie, Three from Hell, because it, when this film ends, you don't really know if they're if they're dead or not, do you? And you kind of presume it's, they are. Well, they get shot to shit. It's yeah. it's like basically like RoboCop yeah, style. Like but, you are getting fucking shot to pieces. You don't see it. True. I mean, you see. I mean, you don't see them dead, dead, and. Um, so when I heard there was a new film, which we both, you haven't seen it either, have you? Nope. No. Um, you know, I, I am actually going to watch that. In that sense, yeah, I do like them and I do want to see them. But it's, it's kind of you're torn, really, I suppose. You're torn between wanting the torture and torn between maybe, maybe fuck them up, but don't kill them so we can get another film. <laughs> <laughs> For me, I think it's, it's almost a sort of uh, escape to an absolutely selfish um and sadistic uh part of yourself that's that's what i think i like about what? the film so <laughs> like you said everyone has these parts of themselves in them and they control them and because we all know that you don't do bad things to other people it's this societal contract but if someone cuts you off and you say fuck that guy and or you know you want something that you would like to take from someone else but you know you don't 
and because you're a good person and stuff and i think this film kind of allows you to vicariously be all of those horrible things to this massive extent um and to just let it ride <laughs> um so it's <laughs> you've definitely seen it a bit different to me <laughs> yeah no i mean everyone's got those feelings you never you never wanted got so mad that you felt like oh fucking kill that guy or imagine punching someone or something yeah I think but this is just an extension no, of that you get to root no, for that no like yeah we've all been driving in our car and been like i'm not wanted... saying i've wanted to fuck corpses and kill people but like no but you saying that you know it kind of sounds like i'm not saying you want to say that but it kind of sounds like you know you're taking it a little bit further than wanting to punch someone who's cut you <laughs> cut you up on the street <laughs> no i know it's it's um it's a total uh, escape from societal norms it's uh you know rule of the strong and uh and the weak will suffer kind of thing i i think that's you know a nice change of pace um you know the rules don't apply to them and so you can no they, they... really don't because like when they um when they go for the shootout because did you not feel as well that this film had like a real big western vibe to it Yes, but I think that a lot of that is the setting. Those are Western accents. And, uh... No, it kind of felt like a bit of a Western film to me. You know? I don't think I'd go that far. I think that there are elements of that style of filming. Western horror. Western horror, yeah. Well, yeah, that could could be a genre. It is. I just made it up. Actually, no, there's probably others like that. Look at me taking credit for stuff. Speaking of, um, like, you know, location and stuff, what did you think of the house? Wasn't that the scariest house you've ever seen in your life? Yeah, I uh, I remember when we rewatched it the other day and uh, and I commented on it. I was like, whoever dressed that set needs a yeah. medal, man. Yeah. They just nailed it. It must have taken forever to get all, to get stuff looking that shitty. Yeah. It must be really hard. It must be easy to make a, th- okay, not easy, but... Uh, easier to make a thing look perfect than it is to make it look old and neglected and shit like how and how do you get things dusty yeah but like like they've got the garden was like in the way it kind of went in you with the fencing it was like a bit like it was a ranch wasn't it mm. almost and like you know, all the things hanging like the bones and stuff like that and or probably bits of car and stuff but then when you go into the house the rooms were disgusting and then they had that kind of like you know, Silence of the Lambs-esque, like, underground and stuff mm. like that. It was very Ed Gein, you know, and, uh, no, it was, it was, it was terrifying. It was, it's one of those houses where, like, you know the way you'd like to go visit sets? I yeah. almost don't know if I would go into it. Do you know that way? Because I'd feel, because I can't remember there's a film where um, they, oh, it's a Texas Chainsaw Massacre, isn't it? Where they go back in because they think it's all gone. Oh, yeah. And he comes out, you know, so I, I, oh, it was terrifying enough, but I think that, you know obviously that really added to because they they don't give a fuck about anything they don't give a fuck about themselves you know as in they're living you know quarters because they weren't exactly clean we're just dead bodies lying around yeah like when when I you mean, start there and like the Otis is just and... like lying next to it <laughs> is it dead body day this week <laughs> um yeah when otis is lying next to that dead body and didn't he say something like some some girls he's kept around for a month or something yeah that's fucking disgusting Yes, it is. And they're dirty. They look dirty all the time. Why did I find him attractive? Because you're a freak. Okay. Oh, okay. Here's a question. Sherry Moon. Yeah. No, hot. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> even when she's stabbing a lady in the... Oh, no, actually, it's Otis that stabs her. But, uh, yeah, even when she's stabbing people and stuff. 
still hot. Yeah, but there's it's it's it's. I think this takes the whole like don't put your dick in crazy thing like to a whole new level though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if she's that crazy, definitely fucking stay away from her. Um, what about the music? Oh, the music was amazing. Perfect, perfect soundtrack. Um, I mean, you you could play this um, on a road trip across America, and it would yeah. just be very fitting this is like one of those things where you know because whenever you go on a road trip you know you've done road trips in america Mm. i've done them and like the very remote areas and obviously as we mentioned this is in a very remote area and you know it's probably best when you're doing these road trips not to associate them with films like this so maybe don't put on the soundtrack of the devil's rejects as you're going through hell no i'm gonna (laughs) (laughs) well i suppose like the the end song which is um Freebird, Leonard Skinner's Freebird. I mean, I think that was one of the most perfect songs, you know, to the end of the film. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's fitting thematically and also, you know, in the context of the scene Yeah, as the well. big, like, massive shootout with all those. That's where you think they actually, you're not sure if they've... Um... You see them get shot a number of times each. So, it, it you know... Yeah, how do they... Um, cause uh, yeah, I'll I be think, interested to see Three I from Hell and see how they, they do like, that. they, like, escape from prison? But then, because I think I think I read that in Three from Hell they escape from prison, but then how do they all escape? Because obviously she'd be in a female prison, and they're you know what I mean. Do two escape and go? I don't know. We'd have to. Obviously I think watch we'll it. have to watch that one and yeah, come back on it. We'll definitely have to watch it. Um, I would like to ask you what your favorite bit was of the entire <gasps> film. Oh, my favorite bit. I don't know. I think. Do you know yours? Yes. Okay, you say it first. All right. My favorite bit is that entire scene where Otis takes the two guys out to dig up the guns. Oh. It is filled with quotable things, you know. Look at you coming at me all big stick, walking tall, hero motherfucker. <laughs> you know, the, all that shit. Great. And then, of course, my, my absolute favorite line, you know, where he's getting them to, to pray to be struck down and stuff. And then he just pulls his hair out of his face and his face is all covered oh, in blood. Yeah. And that awesome white hair is just fucking cool. He's and like he's, a preacher, isn't he? Yeah. And, and then he sort of does the whole, I am the devil and I'm here to do the devil's work. Um, uh, fuck it. I'm, I mangled the line, but I said it right earlier. So I'm going to cut in. that one. Yeah. No, I'm um, gonna, not going to cut it. I'm going to leave it in. Yeah, no, I must admit, but that was one of those scenes where I wanted one of them to get away. I was no. gutted when they killed him. No, I was fight. really happy. I mean, like, okay, the one guy that actually clubbed him to bits with a stick, I was like, well done, mate. But at the same time, like, you know, I'd like Otis. I felt like the two of them, yeah, no, I know what you mean, but I felt like the two of them could have took him a bit more. Like, I, I don't... Do well, you know, no, the I, old bloke was the shit one, because no, your I man's clubbing the shit out of him with a stick, and he's like, just standing there, and he, your yeah, man's the there like, grab of... the gun, grab the... and he's just like, what? And so yeah, that, that, old, that old dude screwed the, the both of them. But as well, um, like when they were hitting him and he just kind of does that press up where he gets up, like, you know. Wait, does the donkey kick? Yeah, it was like that really was cool. weird. I was like, God, he's really strong. No, actually, I must. That was that was actually a really good scene. Actually, I did enjoy that one. No, I think um, I think I like the end scene just because of the way the music is used with it, the way because um, they've all been kind of they all end up in this kind of town that's basically just for prostitutes, isn't it? And um Charlie's fun time. Charlie's fun time. I can't remember what it actually is. And uh, that's when they kind of get caught and then they've gone and been beaten up and that kind of stuff and they manage to get away. And uh, the two of them are in the back, um, Spalding and Baby. And then there was, uh, (coughs) excuse me, when Otis stops the car 
and the way he just stares at the the roadblock and then the music kicks in and the fight in the the guns come out i just i thought that was such an epic scene i really enjoyed that one yeah the other bit, the other bit, i like the humor in it as well mm. though like there's a lot of humor to it it's, it's not like is it um it's oh, not no, like I'm not your gonna average... sing the song that she sings oh yeah yeah, yeah. No. no 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 no, 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 right, no fine 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 <laughs> yes well the whole thing's fucked up we've been talking about corpse trade but Oh yeah, but we're not gonna <laughs> yeah. say that line. <laughs> All right. Anyways, but yeah, my some of my favorite bits, like uh, that, that's what I like about it as a horror film. It's got a lot of like humor in it, but like messed up stuff. But I like the bit where Charlie and Spalding are doing that little like mock argument. It's like standing around like stone foot roosters in a fuck farm. <laughs> like it's got these so many quotable lines, and uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. There was something else I was going to say. Hang on, let me think. What about the scene with Mother Firefly? <gasps> you go get your ghost, Swadell. <laughs> yeah, no, she was fucking fucked up. Yeah, no, this is what I was going to say, actually. No, she, she was fucking batshit crazy. And when he's going in there, because he, you know, Wydell kills her first in, um, she's in prison, actually, in, in the jail cell, and he kills her. But when he goes up to her, she keeps on, like, sticking her. It's almost like he's shag, like, the knife is basically his penis isn't it the way it well, goes into her and he like she says that yeah. he fucked her with the knife a little yeah, bit yeah but like she's she's getting off on it and the way her tongue is going like it's pretty pretty gross no but what i was going to say was when um when they took over the hotel room with the four people in it's kind of like you know you say about the humor and stuff is it's almost like when obviously the people are freaked out and they're panicked and all this kind of stuff but the other but the the others almost are like you know what's their problem like it's almost like they they think that they're overreacting by mm. being upset and scared and you know don't kill us but th- to them it's almost like oh God. calm the down yeah you, you're going on a bit here like do you know what i mean as if they're moaning you know that way yeah like they just have no sense of right or wrong you know what i mean they just it, it's strange and you know the, the thing is there's people like that that are actually out there I mean, we probably, you know people that sometimes you literally look at going, are they really that fucking stupid where they can't see? You know, it could be any scenario, someone you work with or something, but that's one thing I, I just, I never can, I never will comprehend that level of crazy where you're so, you, you just can't, you're just so unaware of it. Like, you know what I mean? That what you're doing is wrong. You know what I mean? I think that it's not even that. I think they just don't give a fuck. Or don't, yeah, maybe that's the other thing. Don't give a, like, yeah, that, I suppose that's another thing. Like, you know, I have a conscience and so do you. So like, you know, if I do something that's not very nice to someone, you know, I try not to be that person. And if I do, I feel bad about it. But I, I, I've, I know people that are like that, that can do certain things and not give a shit. And I just don't get it and that's just with little things like you know everyday life things but like how can you take someone's husband's face make them wear it yeah (laughs) i know no when he walked in with the face on i was like because basically he cuts off the face of the blonde guy and he brings it back on his face to his wife and then he puts it on his wife and that's when she how do you feel wearing my face no don't ask me questions like that i'm very attractive though yeah, but I'm not going to wear your face. Fine. It'd be all mucky anyway. It'd be all blood. <laughs> that's that's the thing. Not the emotional trauma. It's just a bit dirty. Dude, big, I walk around mucky. constantly now with bloody ethanol on my hands. I can't touch a door handle without putting ethanol on my hands. So yeah, I'd be a bit weirded out by that. I wouldn't like the gunk anyway. There'd be a lot of gunk in there, wouldn't there? 
if I had to wear your face, <laughs> it being a bit mucky and a bit of junk, <laughs> it's like the least of my concerns. Yeah. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah, but no. Overall, um, I do love this film, but I, I, I think this because I haven't seen it for years, and I remember watching it, and like the opening scene is tiny. He was about was he like seven foot four he's unfortunately passed away now he was only 32 um and he's like dragging this naked woman who's obviously dead through the woods and straight away i was like i don't know if i want to watch this <laughs> like you know what i mean but i don't like with rod zombie films like i as i'm watching them like especially like you said that this was your favorite and it's not that they're my favorite but house of a thousand corpses that film stayed with me for so long because it was so fucking messed up and that's the thing about rob zombie films they stay with me and i don't know why i look at them because i find him fascinating and i think he's you know he's quite i think he's quite original in a sense like do you know what i mean i don't really see i see obviously um you know influences that he's picked but to his level that he goes to i mean probably people could tell me of some but i i just don't know why i get sucked into it and why i look at it because when i'm watching it i'm like going don't look don't look but i can't stop you it's like the car your, crash, you, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. No, that you—that's why you love horror stuff and all your true crime crap. Um, but yeah, I—I'm yeah, <laughs> gonna say I didn't really love House of a Thousand Corpses. I think <sighs> Devil's Rejects is a completely different film. Even though the characters are supposed to be persistent, they're very different to uh, how they are in House of a Thousand no, Corpses. It was do you know those giant rabbits? Do you remember the people in the rabbit costumes? Yeah. And then the, when they made Rain Wilson into a, half a, a mermaid or something. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, it was just terrifying. But again, it was the whole in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, they, they, they thought they would be invited to a nice meal. And then it gets all a bit fucked up. Like, do you know what I mean? Because like with um, like things like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, when they, they know they're fucked when they go into the house. But with this, when they first go into House of the Eyes and Corpses, they think they've just met some fun girl and they're going back to the house and they're having oh, dinner. Yeah, do you remember? Yeah. And, and it just all goes to shit. Um but yeah i just i don't know i just get sucked in and i can't look away and i just i need to <laughs> but i can't and i'm gonna watch three from hell um and you know i kind of a lot of people slagged off his halloween films i didn't mind them i thought they were really fucking violent um but overall you know i will continue to watch what he puts out yeah and i do really want to see three from hell i'll be interested to see how it stacks up against uh, apparently it's this. not because i think your brother he um I think he said it was all right and I've a few people have watched it and I haven't heard amazing comments but I think like I think the House of Thousand Corpses was more kind of disturbing to me than Devil's Rejects but I think Devil's Rejects as um a you know as a film is a better film yeah you know what I, mean? I think House of a Thousand Corpses follows like a more traditional kind of 70s horror yeah. film type feel yeah. to it whereas devil's rejects is different because it adds yeah. that whole anti-hero story yeah. to it um but uh if my brother who i should say actually has tattoos of otis and oh spalding God. on his arms um doesn't rate uh, <coughs> uh three from hell then uh, i i'm almost thinking maybe i should just you know keep no, this on. No, no we will we'll watch, watch it okay i know why did he get those tattoos because it's an I awesome mean, film and they're awesome characters no the tattoos are really good but i just remember saying to him once like you know if i uh, hooked up with a bloke and i you know it's not exactly a uh thing to get you in the mood is it you don't want to see captain Spaulding. <laughs> he's just so ride vile. it home <laughs> He's just when when he turns around and he calls her a whore and he's like, I just says it as I sees it, <laughs> and he but he says it in the most innocent boy like way, 
I, there's just he's just such a bizarre character he's he's unfortunately he passed away i think last year and mm, um, he's kind yeah. of a big horror icon like you know but um oh god he's just so fucking disgusting you know and that's not the person that's just obviously the character but yeah so yeah i think uh yeah we're definitely watch three from hell maybe if harry's not available we can do another episode on it cool the rob zombie thing yeah. so um we're gonna uh now go on to our little next thing what do you uh want to watch next or have you got anything lined up yeah yeah definitely uh sean the sheep movie without a doubt <laughs> at that point no what what you want to watch not what you're gonna be made to watch. actually sean the sheep's good though it is i do yeah. like sean the sheep and i'm really excited for frozen 2 finally coming out to uh digital hd and blu-ray that's because you just watch too much of frozen one in it precisely i just want to watch a different but is there anything film? like that you want to watch that's not what Riley wants to watch. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm actually I'm really short on on films that that are calling out to me at the moment, and uh, and time to watch them as well as you well know, Lorraine. Uh, so I'm I'm waiting for something to jump out. I'm looking for something that is original and different. And you know, I like my darker films. So whether that's a sort of black comedy or uh, or subversive uh, film i'd love to see something with a kind of cyberpunk thing going to it uh, mainly because for me it's about what games i'm going to be playing more than films was there any game you're really looking forward to? yes absolutely That's a different um, story. <laughs> so cyberpunk 2077 is a guarantee that i will purchase that's been delayed to the back end of this year september i think but will be amazing and um I think there's a couple others as well, but that's that's the big one. I was gonna get MechWarrior Five, but uh, I'm not so sure that they pulled it off. Things are. No, you won't. But uh, um, well, I was gonna go see Bombshell tomorrow, but it's not in the cinema anymore. I'm going to, so I'm going to see with uh, your sister actually, um, <clears throat> Birds of Prey, which I from the trailer I wasn't overly impressed with, but you know I want to do I need a cinema film for my uh, radio station. I show, think it's gonna so. be shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it's gonna be um suicide squad v2 um so yeah i'm going to see that tomorrow and i can't think of anything else i've seen a few things pop up on um uh, uh netflix but i can't remember what they are that i want to watch they just come over some, something i can't remember i'm not even going to try um although i did i forgot to say it. i did watch pet cemetery today the later one um i forgot to say that in How's my it compared thing. to the old ones i'd have to re-watch the old one it, it, well, the old ones, if you rewatch them, they're kind of funny because the animals are all like really bad, like puppets. But this isn't really <laughs> animal based. It's more of human. Like the only animal they really talk about in it is, the, is a cat. The rest is like yeah. the, the daughter and stuff. Oh, um, hang on. I just realized something I'm totally going to watch. Oh. Rick and Morty, the new season that is currently being aired on things that I don't have access to. What so, is on? Oh, it's on TV. <laughs> yeah it might be on now tv no it's not it's not, not. they no. they uh, have aired it on netflix in the past so uh, if anyone who hasn't watched rick and morty you absolutely have to uh, season one and two i believe are live on netflix but season three um is not yet oh. and as soon as it is i'm gonna binge watch the entire fucking thing i'm gonna so actually good. finish watching the um documentary of uh ted bundy's girlfriend it's actually really interesting. I'm only two episodes in, 
and it's not a, really about Ted Bundy so it's kind of a different approach which is nice that they're not focusing on him they're focusing more on her and the victims which is a bit better but yeah so um I hope you've enjoyed this episode with uh, Dev helping me out here he's uh, been kind enough to step in and uh, next episode of course we'll have Harry back and if you want to find Dev do you want them to follow you or anything no leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> You're not really a big social media thing anyway, are you? Trust me, you won't find anything interesting unless you love seeing pictures of our daughter. Okay, yeah, honestly, yeah. Um, but obviously you can always find um, us on Twitter as SMTPcast, on Facebook and Instagram as Show Me The Podcast, and I am Lorraine Purden on Twitter and Instagram, and Harry is Tales of Peck on Twitter and Instagram, and she's also on WordPress, and she's just put up a new post about a trip to Venice, I want to say. Is it Venice? Yes, I think it's Venice. I can't remember. And um, so, yeah, so go check that out. She does really good uh, posts on travel where she's been. And, uh, yeah, so we will chat to you on our next episode. Thank you for listening and goodbye. Bye-bye.